The Athletic. Hello everyone and welcome to the Football Manager Show by The Athletic. I'm your host Tony Jameson and I'm joined by RDF Tactics and producer Steve. On today's show, CJ Ramson and Jack Serres from Sports Interactive are here to give us a tactical masterclass and to help us create the perfect Christmas tree formation. We go looking for an enganche, where there was no enganche before, in search for a star. We stop off in Sheffield to get some community challenge updates. Plus, we have your letters. There's a chill in the air. The winter balls are out. It's time for some cheer. First of all, a little bit of admin for you. This will be the last Football Manager show of the year before we're all off to Christmas to, well, play Football Manager, but wearing Santa hats and gorging ourselves on our particular vices. We'll be back in the new year, but we're going to leave you with a hamper full of FM goodies to see you through December. On this episode, we've gathered a real brains trust of some of the finest FM minds to give you the first chapter in a trilogy of tactical talk-throughs to make this game just that little bit easier. Last week, we welcomed friend of the show, CJ Ramson, from Sports Interactive onto the pod to tell everyone about the winter update for FM23. Well, CJ's back, but this time... He's brought a colleague along for a supersized sports interactive section. CJ Ramson, welcome back. Thank you for having me again. Happy to be back. Very happy to have you back. You're literally part of the furniture now, CJ. <laughs> and Jack Serres, welcome to the Football Manager Show. Thank you, Tony. Uh, pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you in as well. So, Jack, first of all, for uh, our loyal listeners, can you tell everyone what it is you do all day? So I suppose in short, I play football manager all day. That's uh, that's was the, the long and short of it. Um, my main role is a QA tester. I work uh, basically underneath CJ, and I test the, uh, the match engine with all the various things that, that we look at, and also the uh, the stats area of the game, which has had quite a big evolution, I would say, this year. That's probably gone a bit under the radar, actually, a little bit. That's the main two things I do. But then apart from that, I also do make my own FM content, and I read as much feedback as I can all day on the forums and on and on Twitter. Excellent stuff. So, before we get into this tactical trilogy, we'll stress that this is the beginner's section, okay? So, intermediate and advanced will come in future episodes. So, if any of you are sitting there thinking, oh, you know, this is all mind-numbingly obvious, well, you might not be a beginner, okay? But hopefully you will learn something, okay? So, we'll get to formations in a bit, but that's not the first thing we're going to have to choose, okay? We're going to talk tactical styles. Now, three variety of styles to talk about. I'm going to give you one each to present to us. Control possession, direct counter-attack, and wing play. CJ, do you want to start us on control possession? Yes, no, happily. It's actually one of my favourite styles, personally. It's a little bit underrated, but I feel if you have the right players, technically gifted players, players that have good mental attributes as well to make good decisions and good composure, you can really make the most of it. It's not as possession heavy as Tiki Taka, but it still has a focus on keeping the ball, building out the back and creating chances through shorter passing play. Mm, okay, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now for direct counter-attack, Jack, I'm going to come to you. Talk us through direct counter-attack on a very basic level. Yes, yeah, so you're set up to not have the ball as much as the opposition, generally speaking. Obviously, that will dictate on your players versus their players, that kind of stuff. You're going to be sitting back and looking to leave one or two players up on while your team is defending so you can hit them on the counter-attack. You're trying to get the opposition effectively to overexpose themselves and overcommit players forward, then you hit them on, on the counter-attack. And I think the one thing, if I was to give one point to it, I would make sure that your well, at least one of your forwards is good in the air because in FM in particular, if you're defending deep, they'll tend to clear it to the to the furthest forward rather than just always into space. And for the times they pick out to clear it to the forward, if that's a, a Jamie Vardy type player, that might be coming back right in your direction again. But if it's like a 
well, Harlem would be, would be amazing. But anything that profile of plenty, but if it's in that sort of physical profile, would be, I think, worthwhile to have as well in your team for that. Mm, excellent stuff. And Aaron, going to give you wing play. Oh, wing play. Well, if you've got pacey wide players, then this tactical style we will be for you, sorry. One thing I've noticed about this uh, tactical style in central areas, especially central defence and central midfield, if you've got a central player that likes to switch the ball into those wider areas, then he can be very handy getting the ball out to those wider players. And possibly you want a target in the middle as well, up front, similar to what Jack said as well. You kind of want that vocal point. So when the ball is out wide and they're whipping in crosses, you want them to aim for someone, not necessarily a target forward, but he should be decent in the air. If you're using a 4-4-2, at least one of your strikers should be decent in the air. And obviously it is worth remembering as well, if you're sort of brand new to the game and you're looking at these tactical styles on the tactics page of the game, there is descriptions in there as to what these tactical styles are, how they'll work in your game, and more importantly... They'll give you a couple of suggested formations to work with. Now, Aaron, you just said there a 4-4-2 possibly for a wing player. My, of course, eyes lit up straight away. You know I love a bit of 4-4-2 <laughs> wing player. Um, what, what, else, what else would you maybe expect to see in a, in a wing player tactic? And we'll bounce it back around with, the, with the, yourselves as well with these other styles. I would say just nice balance. I think out of possession, you may defend cautiously. So I doubt you'll be high pressing and you possibly in a mid to low block. But then in possession... You may be taking a lot of risk trying to get the ball into those wider areas. So you're stretching the play, making sure the pitch is big as possible. And that can result into more direct passing. So it's fairly risky in possession, but then out of possession, you're kind of balancing it out, being a little bit more cautious. Mm, okay, cautious. CJ, control possession. Are we talking four at the back, five at the back, or are we packing that midfield? <laughs> so you can actually play with both. Um you can go five at the back like you see a lot of big teams do nowadays and try and get your wide wing backs high up the pitch, creating chances from wide high areas. Or you can go four at the back, play out of defence, get a single pivot in midfield with a defensive midfielder and try and get them to kind of dictate play with a deep line playmaker or someone of that type. Usually you'd go with one striker as well, just to get extra bodies in the midfield. So you have more players to build through the lines and build up the pitch with. But um, there's a variety of actual formations you can play with the style. And a lot of it is just about suiting your personnel and what works for them. If you have most of your talent in central midfield areas, you might want to go with an extra midfielder. If wide players are your your best area and you want to get those in behind, you might go over inside forward and the wide areas to try and get your final pass to break the lines with them and get those players in behind. Mm, okay, excellent stuff. And if we're breaking lines with that direct counter-attack, Jack, how many men am I committing forward with this? Am I throwing throwing everyone forward? Am I going with two up front, three up front, four up front? Four B would be incredible. <laughs> uh, I think uh, Jose Mourinho said it said it best one time. Somebody asked about his defensive or low block football. They said, "Is he primarily focused on just not conceding goals?" And he said, "No, in football, you must always look to score in one goal and defend the other. There's always two goals in football." I think that's that's very important for any sort of like out of possession first style, which would this would be classed as. So for me personally, I'd always go with with two strikers if possible. There's a couple of ways you could probably do it, like a, a four four two, or even like a four two three one, having like a shadow striker, something like that, or even like a three five two, uh, maybe with like two pivots and a, and a ten to support the striker, just so that when you're hitting that ball forwards, they need support quickly. Because if they don't have support quickly and you just keep countering, you're just going to get hit back on the on the attack, counter attack yourself just when you keep fizzing it into the forwards and they get outnumbered because there's no support and it comes right back. So I think that's just, that's the most important thing is just think about the numbers you've got supporting. But I generally, I would say you want you want three in the attack. So it does have mean, doesn't mean you have to have three forwards, but you know, it could be two strikers and a, and a 10 or two strikers and a, an attacking winger, something like that, I would say. Mm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Now also as well, what, what I'm hearing a lot of at this, in this, uh, this discussion here is, is in possession and out of possession. Now, I guess... You know, in theory, that's that's relatively easy to understand. But of course, we'll break it down. Um, so, if we're looking at in possession, then Jack, what's the most important thing we need to look about in terms of in possession tactics for any of these styles? Really, I think balance is always the key. I think there's a tendency in FM for people to go overboard with how many players they commit forwards because maybe they feel like previously they didn't get punished for it. So people tend to have both wingbacks on attack, that kind of stuff. I think balance is always important because 
whatever style you're doing, whether it's if you're in possession, if you're like a possession based style, you don't want to be getting hit on the counter. And then if you're a low block team, you don't want to be countering with not enough players in attack. So I think balance is the most important thing in possession and how you're how you're committing your attacks. That's what I would say. Mm. And it's of course in FM23, it's all risk and reward, isn't that right, CJ? So you're looking at these transitions now. What do we need to be looking out for? Jackson there, don't commit too many men forward who can't control the ball. Is that one of those things? Well, you'd hope you have players that can control the ball if you're playing controlled possession. It's one of the key <laughs> one of the key factors. <laughs> like I said earlier, it's a bit of a balance between the tiki taka style, which is really possession heavy and really short passing, and the Gagan press style, which is a lot more higher intensity. I'll touch on out of possession after, where you're really trying to win the ball high up the pitch and counter counter press high up the pitch. So control possession is a bit of a balance in between not committing either way which isn't necessarily a bad thing so in possession you're expecting to build through the lines and keep the ball but maybe move it forward a bit quicker than you would if you're playing tiki taka if you have those wide players that want to make those runs in behind you would expect them to get the ball from maybe a deep midfielder or a central midfielder or even a number 10 whereas tiki taka you might expect to hold on to the ball a little bit longer and then out of possession they still press high with um control possession but it's not an all-out pressing machine that say a Gagan press would be or even a fluid counter-attack that's another one kind of similar to direct counter-attack but a bit more a bit more controlled a bit more like controlled possession than a wing play you could almost say so um off the ball you're really looking to win the ball depending if you're playing a five or a four but you're still looking to win the ball high still looking for turnovers but it's not as aggressive as some of the others mm, okay excellent stuff and Aaron out of possession instructions then we obviously argue this, don't we? You know, formation is one thing, in possession is another thing, out of possession. Do you want to talk us through it a little bit? I think with wing play, it's kind of down to the manager and the players that you've got at your disposal. I think with wing play, the key thing is to get the ball out wide and trying to break down the opponents in those sort of wider areas. So you're looking at overlaps. You're just looking at direct play, even pass into space. If you've got pacey wingers, you know, central players are on the ball. Maybe you want the ball into um, space rather than into your winger's feet. So when it comes to out of possession, I believe this is actually down to you in which way you want to win the ball. Now, if you're using a preset, it will come with a low block, I believe. And you can just, with all presets, I believe it's just a preset and it's a reference. You can tweak it to suit your team. So if I'm Bayern Munich, for an example, I might not want to use a low block. I might shift this up to a mid block. And it's just still down to you. The main part or the main idea with wing play is just getting the ball out into those wider areas mm, excellent and again Aaron you've just said it's almost like you're reading my mind you're saying words <laughs> that I'm hearing 442 <laughs> wing play low block oh Christmas is coming early for me like, <laughs> CJ this is one of the things that I guess has been been quite prominent on on the new version of the game is being able to to utilize a really effective low block now can you sort of like explain to people how it's different from from previous versions so I, f I feel your team hold a better shape than they did in the past especially if you're going with a back four with a four in front for instance or even a back four of a two defensive midfielders I feel the shape that's held and the position they pick up you can trust your team a little bit more to defend from a low position and head everything away kick everything away like you'd want a team to do we also have the instructions or kind of trap inside or trap outside or hold the line to kind of give you a bit more variety to where you want your position to go so if you have a lot of bodies in central positions and you're a bit weaker in wide areas, you might want to push your position into your central areas to try and get them to turn over the ball in that way. Or the opposite, if you're playing with really strong fullbacks and wide players that are going to track back and work hard, you might want to push your position into wide areas to um, keep your central areas free and try and get turnovers in those positions. There's a thing, isn't it? When you first load it up, it can potentially look a little bit overroaring potentially now with with sort of you know phrases like trap inside and there's so many more sort of like it appears to be there's more things you can do defensively on your tactics now if of course this is the first time you've seen this screen jack you don't have to press every button do you you can just leave things standard as like a default and that means that those players are gonna trust their own instincts am i right rather than constantly giving them an instruction yeah i think the, the more specific thing on it is is it's easier to see your changes after that point, right? So if you was to start with minimal instructions, and let's say you didn't like a particular thing, maybe it's your defensive line, 
just by changing the defensive line and then playing the match on, you can see how that one isolated change, one, affects your problem that you have, but also, two, how it affects the greater tactic. If you've got three or four things already selected and you start to make two or three changes in one go, you, you might think you're, you're seeing a result of those changes in isolation to your issue, but you don't know really how much that's affecting the rest of the tactic. So I think it's really important to make sure you isolate one um one, one specific thing if you can the other thing i would touch on as well with what cj said about the the sort of things that are different this year i think players are a lot more affected on the ball by pressure behind them than previous years so i think previous years you would see a player have no idea where the players are behind them they could turn and spin and shoot or spin and do something perfectly if they have pressure behind them now that affects them a lot more that's probably one of the the changes i think we've made that probably just would have been gone way under the radar because it may not have been completely obvious, but I think that's that's quite an important one as well. As well as interceptions, you know, have always been, I think, something that we'd love to see more of when your teams are sitting back. So it's always something I think we're, we we look at and love to see more of as well. Those are two things I would also add on top of that. Absolutely, yeah. As I say, I think we've all been, and I certainly have been guilty of, of pressing everything, hoping for the best, and then going, oh, it doesn't work. Um, and then, <laughs> as you say, I think this, this version is definitely uh, rewarding you for incremental changes, I think. Now, we are going to do something a little special because it's Christmas. Aaron, we're going to get you to fire up Football Manager. We're going to have a little look and we're going to build ourselves a tactic. Now, because of what time of year it is, we've decided to build ourselves a little Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do that. And because of what time of year it is, we're going to have an argument. <laughs> Primarily about what a Christmas tree actually is in terms of the formation. So, Jack, you have gone with the Carlo Ancelotti inspired 4-3-2-1 Christmas tree shape. And CJ is looking at the traditional 3-4-2-1. Now, CJ, we'll come to you first. So talk us through, first of all, the player roles that you're looking at, the uh, tactical style we're going to use, and maybe any sort of like player instructions that may or may not crop up that we might want to have a little look at here. So first of all, I'm loving the theme of the Christmas tree. I'm looking forward to getting stuck into this. <laughs> um, we'll we'll stick with the control possession um, style. So a nice balance between Tiki Taka and Gagan Press should suit most teams as well. I'm going to make one request and I'll use wing backs instead of wide midfielders. I think it still fits the Christmas tree shape, but brings a bit more balance to the um, overall team, if that's all right. So um, with our three centre-backs, we would want, I'd say, at least two of them as ball-playing defenders, so probably the left and right centre-back, and then we'll leave the middle centre-back as a standard central defender to just head and kick everything away. But we want we want our team to play out the back to different between a ball-playing centre-back and a central defender. You just get a little bit more carrying the ball at the, out of the back from a ball-playing defender. So instead of passing the ball early or going for a big switch you might see them kind of trying to dribble it out of defence and into midfield areas and they're the kind of progressions that we want with our wing backs we're going to keep them just a standard wing back support um you also have the option of a control uh, complete wing back sorry which is a much more attacking wing back very similar to a wing back attack but it will also roam from position so you can think maybe prime marcelo in his real madrid days or even a trent alexander arnold to some extent how he plays now but not so inverted and um will stay away from the inverted wing backs today but it is a really good role if you do have a player that suits that skill set with our two defensive midfielders i'd think it's probably a really overlooked position when it comes to building a possession tactic. It's absolutely key. You have players that can take the ball from the defence and start your attack and create your attack. These players will probably get the most touches out of anybody in your team when you're playing a tactic building out the back. So we'll go with a deep line playmaker and we want him on support duty. He's going to be our main man. He's going to create most of our attacks. Everything's going to go through him. And then just to bring a bit of balance in the midfield, we'll keep it nice and simple and go with a defensive midfielder on defend duty. It's always worth having one of the two on defend duty as well, just to kind of bring that balance. Does it matter what side those players are? I know that I know might sound like a really, really daft question, but does it matter? Like, or, can, or is it just like a preference as to where your player is or your player's abilities? Or, or do you have like a cover for a, for a defender who goes AWOL possibly? So defending on footedness, it can matter. You might want your left-footed player on the left-hand side so he can open up easier, play to the left-hand side. Really, 
it doesn't really matter. It can depend on your tactical shape as well. So I have my defensive midfielder on defend duty on the right-hand side. So I might then push my left wing back onto attack duty. So the balance of the team, um, it stays balanced. So if my left side is higher, I don't want my right side to be as high. I want my right side to kind of have a bit more balance. So there's a variety of ways you can do it, but it always will suit your personnel. And those wing backs are starting in in line with those defensive midfielders as well on, on your formation, aren't you? You can move them back to make a back five if you were wanting to park the bus, I'm presuming. Is that right? Yeah, no, exactly that. I think they perform best maybe as wing backs rather than as kind of a flat back five or even as wide midfielders. But I mean, all three are options. Excellent stuff. And then moving slightly further up the pitch, you've got uh, two two advanced midfielders. and Well, say advanced midfielders, one I'll let you. I'll let you explain what you've got. Yeah, um, the the exciting areas. <laughs> I think this formation actually suits the control possession because we've got the the two number tens here. I also like how they're set a bit more wider now on FM twenty three. So you kind of get the impression that they're trying to play between the lines in the half spaces. We'll keep it as it is and go over an advanced playmaker and an attacking midfielder. We'll stick our advanced playmaker on attack duty as well, um, just to try and get him really creating. We want a pure number 10, kind of taking the ball on the half turn, looking for the balls in behind, really trying to create in these positions. And the advanced playmaker, it's what you look at as a traditional number 10 role. And an attacking midfielder, very similar to the advanced playmaker, but more of a focus on getting runs into the box. I think prime Deli Alley rather than kind of creating and passing and looking for those kind of incisive balls in behind. And lastly, as our lone striker, our number nine, we'll go with a pressing forward attack. I think when you're using a high pressing tactic, it's really important to have a pressing forward, um, someone that will press from the front, be your first line of defence. An advanced forward will also work with all tactics. It's what you look at as kind of a typical number nine ta- number nine role. But um, a pressing forward is very similar to an advanced forward. The only difference is, including the name, they like to press. So if we're playing, if we're playing high pressing, it's nicely suited to what we're trying to do. Excellent stuff. Looks nice, looks nicely balanced, like in the, uh, the shape of it. And then obviously down the left-hand side, we've got some instructions here. We've got our in-possession, our in-transition, our out-of-possession. What we think, obviously, you've got here, we've got play-out from defence. Obviously, we want to retain that possession and we want to keep the ball. We don't want to just ping it forward, right? Yeah, that's that's key to what we're trying to do. Depending on your players, so if you're using a stronger team, you can play with a higher tempo. You will keep the ball less and probably have less overall possession, but you can bump the tempo up a little bit if you want to trust your players to move the ball a bit quicker. I think everything else for what we're trying to do can stay with the preset. One option you can do as well with pass into space if you do have pace in the wide areas. If you're using really quick wing backs instead of more technical ones, you can do it to get switch, quick switch passes out to those players in wide areas by passing into space. Excellent stuff. And we're looking here, we've got a high, high line of engagement as well. We're looking for that high press and also a high defensive line as well. So we're not concerned about being caught short are we we're nah. sort of dictating we're the trying game. to take the game to the opposition i think that's key if you want to if you want to press high unless you are working on the counter-attack tactic you want you want to have that high line you want to press if you really don't trust the pace on your back three if you've got maybe some slower defenders you can drop that back to a standard line and keep your high press line of engagement it shouldn't be too disconnected and you can also use the instruction step up more as well to really push the game to the opposition and keep that high line. We don't use the offside trap anymore. You don't really see teams using the offside trap as much in real life. Now it's a lot more about keeping the high line. And if you manage to play the opposition offside through your high line, then that's an added bonus. Lovely stuff. Aaron, any thoughts? This looks great. I'm loving it. You know, you know me, press save and try it out later. <laughs> <laughs> high praise, high praise, you know? <laughs> Let me know how it goes. I will. I'm loving it. Brilliant. Okay, so that is Christmas tree number one. Jack, you got the Ancelotti vibes out. Okay, so should we strip it down and we'll build yours as well? Yeah, absolutely. So I think in my head, I'm going to recreate 
loosely that team in my head. I think it's just, it's one of the, there's, there's two teams I think people associate the Christmas tree, at least in recent memory. One, I think it's Ancelotti's team. Who, he did change formation from time to time, but generally people associate it when they played it this way. And then Terry Venables, obviously with England's another one as well. So yeah, we're going to look at the, the Ancelotti one. So the goalkeeper, I'm going to go standard. We're going to keep the goalkeeper the same. Now wing backs, I'm going to have a complete wing back on support at the right back and a wing back support at left back. And the reason for that is we don't want our wing backs to start gambling too early and get caught with only two players at the back. So that's the uh, the thinking really behind that. And just to give it a bit of balance, to have one of them traveling out from the back. I have my right centre back to be a ball playing defender. And the reason for that is most centre backs in your league are going to be right footed and generally like to have the right foot. So when they take a touch of the natural foot, they then travel with the ball out into space as well. Um, look in midfield, I would go deep line up and make a defend for like the Pielo row and right in the middle there. Just to sort of one protect the team a little bit on the counter. Uh, while the teams are further up in the pitch and he'll also then drop in a little bit more as well exactly like that and you can start to move around and be the sort of uh the sort of recycle player as, as we're attacking now this is where we start to get a little more adventurous but the carolera role is going to go to left central field uh, we're going to put that in there and that's really so that if it was a more advanced or like a box to boxer or like a central attack or anything else i don't want them to make too many runs forward i want them to sort of be to be, uh, be able to, to sort of sit with the midfield and retain the ball because our left attacking midfield player is going to be quite central, quite attacking and really there all the time to, uh, to just exploit and attack. Then the right central field, I'm going to go box box midfielder. And the reason for that is I don't want him going too wide because that's where my complete wing back support is going to be. So I want him to sort of stay in a more central zone. Then in the two cam rolls, we're going to have advanced playmaker attack on the right. Now that's going to be our like caca roll. And he is more able to go outside than inside if he wants to, because he's going to have either, he's going to have it, he's going to have players with him either way. He's either going to have the box box fielder supporting him centrally and supporting him through the middle, or you've got the complete wing back coming out on the wide areas. So either way, he's going to have support, but that way he can sort of maneuver around where he wants to go. And then the left uh, attacking field player is going to just be an attacking fielder attack. And I'd make sure that he doesn't have any player instructions to go wide or anything. He's going to stay central and just be there because of the. we're already going to have two players in the wide zone. So he's got to stay in the middle and be really close there. And for the striker role, just to be different to CJ, I'll go poacher and go proper in Zaggy. And <laughs> just going to stay up there, stay central, running behind, don't do anything else. So you got to do. So you got to do striker, just running behind and be a, and be a threat. And that's, that's how I would go about it generally. Yeah. Oh, nice. excellent. So again, like, so similar, a similar vibe, but obviously the roles change things up a lot. Now, a Carrieo is 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 a a role I've used sporadically, and I think maybe some of our listeners might be in the same uh, boat. So, Aaron, you've got it up on the screen there. Just let's just read out the Carrieo as to 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 the description of it, because it might be a role that some people go, I've never heard of a Carrieo before. <laughs> well, they are a shuttler is a supporting role more often than not utilised as part of a midfield three or as two central midfielders in a diamond midfield. It is the job of these shuttlers to cover lateral areas of the pitch and link the defensive midfield area with the attacking midfield area. This is what separates the Carrileros from a box-to-box midfielder as they are not expected to shuttle between boxes but merely between the lines of the midfield and they are only available with a support duty. Nice. Okay. Excellent. My reading voice. Your reading voice is beautiful. Ten out of ten. What I like as well, Jack, is obviously is, as well. You've got that. You've got this this flat three midfield. It's a very flat midfield, isn't it? Like where so your DLP is in that central. Well, what I would refer to it as on on the halfway like the halfway line. Where if you look at it on your tactic screen there, as opposed to CJ's, maybe the the DLP sits a little deeper. Are you are you pushing everybody forward? Because I noticed you're actually playing on a on a cautious mentality as well with this counter-attack system. So what's the thinking for having the DLP a little bit higher up the pitch? Um, I think one, the shape, because it wouldn't look too much like a Christmas tree uh, if it was any lower than that. That's, that's one of the reasons. Um, you haven't seen my Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that, that's the main reason. And it's also because like, if, if I was going with Ancelotti's recreation, for an example, I would start off with this, then you would tweak from here is how I would do it, for example, right? Yeah. And also, because if you drop him, it'll affect the two midfield players ahead of him a little bit in the way that they're positioned. So I'd rather have it set like that first. Also, I, I just think that, that because you want a slightly lower mentality and because you're going to be building up quite aggressively, I just think the idea of having them a little more aggressive in supporting the attack, not so much him, but the players next to him. So if I have to have them in the same line, I'd rather than be, you know, higher up than, than too low for this exact experiment, if you will. 
Excellent stuff. And talk me through the poacher as well. Now, a poacher, a role I used to, I used to use it quite a lot actually, a few, a few uh, versions ago. But I feel as though it's taken a bit of an evolution recently. Recently, gone mm-hmm. are the days of of poacher being your, your sort of your Francis Jeffers fox in the box six yard merchant. Like <laughs> a poacher's now developed. Is that right, Aaron? Well, I. I believe so. I don't want to say factually. Just, <laughs> Do just you read my voice? <laughs> <laughs> just from my field, I feel them, I don't want to say they're more part of the game. They're not exactly dropping deep and linking up play, but they're also, you can notice them not on the pitch. They're not it just, just out of the game completely. And they are very, very useful in stretching defensive lines, I feel as well. Poachers staying, just literally staying on defences. It creates gaps and spaces. So, for this tactic, for an example, just imagine the poacher lining himself up against two central defenders and then you've got your two number 10s. They could be floating in the space between the defence and the midfield. So a poacher, I feel, in FM23, very, very useful. Mm. CJ, confirm, deny? Oh, no, most definitely. Um, you have the right player with the right... <laughs> Don't worry, you... I'm, I'm in agreement. Right player with the right skill set, it, it can be deadly. Um, I just want to touch on um, Carolero as well, just to jump mm-hmm. back to that one where you raised it earlier. It's a massively kind of underused and underrated role. I tried to sneak it into some of the tactical styles presets just to show it some love and get it used. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I think the way Jack used it is perfect. Look at it as a box-to-box midfielder that will defend left to right rather than then forward to back, especially in the midfield three on one of the side areas. If you have an attacking full back and an um, attacking midfielder and an advanced midfielder ahead of him, he can really kind of cover those wide spaces to stop you getting counter-attacked and kind of give your team a bit more balance. It's not as fancy as the name suggests is a good way to put it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, perfect. You know what? This has been fantastic. Genuinely, I've... uh... I know these are these are formations that you hear and you go, oh, I know how to do a Christmas tree formation. But I think I genuinely think I've learned something uh, listening to you, you guys today this afternoon. So thank you very very much for popping in, CJ Ramson. Thank you very much, Jack Serres. Thank you very much. We'll see you guys soon. You're listening to the Football Manager Show from the Athletic. On the Athletic, you can read in-depth work from the likes of Dermot Corrigan, Seb Stafford Blore, and Art De Roche. And if you've never subscribed before, you can currently get an athletic subscription for £1.99 a month for 12 months. How do I do this, I hear you ask? Visit theathletic.com forward slash fmpod. That's theathletic.com forward slash fmpod. Give the gift of journalism this Christmas. On last week's search for a star, we were asked to find a player who could fill in at a halfback for less than £30 million, who was also earning less than a quarter of a million pounds a week, who also wasn't an actual halfback. Obviously, Matt Doherty was number one choice. Roberto Firmino was a surprise suggestion from Aaron. Aaron, did you use Firmino as a halfback or did you use one of your other picks and can you also remind us of what those five key attributes for a halfback were? Uh, no, I didn't go for Roberto Firmino, only because it meant I would have had to be in uh, Liverpool, which I didn't really want to do. So I went with one of the Wonder Kids instead. So the five key attributes that we are looking at, one technical attribute, which is dribbling, two mental attributes, anticipation and decisions, and the last two are physical, strength and stamina. Excellent. And what was the player that you chose then? You're saying you've got a wonder kid. So the wonder kid that I used, his name is Gabri Vega. He plays for Celta de Vigo. That's the team that I chose. Rather than signing him, he was already there. He was playing as a halfback. Of course, that's the whole point. And he was in a 4-4-2 diamond. The first thing I did notice was his average rating in all competitions is at 7.13. I thought that's tasty. So looking at his player data, he's actually completed the most passes. He was also the most accurate with his passes. And that's in the whole of La Liga. So imagine he's making more passes than all the Barca midfielders, the Real Madrid midfielders as well. Looking at the passing progression, he's accurate and he makes a high number of progressive 
passes. Now, looking at his general performance, which is comparing to La Liga average, the other midfielders in the league, of course, he is playing a lot of progressive passes, 7.36 to be exact, and his pass completions at 94.55% to be exact. So, Gabri Vega, very, very good. He starts at 20 years of age, and he played fantastically well at Celta de Vigo, playing 34 games, one goal, one assist in La Liga. Nice man, I like that. That's and this is the thing. So you you always seem to get the players who work really well. Like I went with and again I went with a team that I've not managed before. I went with with uh, Racing Club Lons in France because I went with Facundo Medina. Now, um, ideally a ball playing defender. Okay, but of course we moved him up a little bit further on into the, uh, this halfback role because we we said he had all the attributes to play there. I was playing in a formation that I'm not massively familiar with I'll be <laughs> honest I went initially with it with a three at the back system and then had sort of like um, almost a little Christmas tree maybe but then I decided to, to, to switch it to to a four at the back with a half back and then two midfielders two midfielders and a, and a striker up top um, he did alright 39 appearances he scored one goal he got an average rating of 6.92 he um, he only managed 4.17 progressive passes per 90 so that's not really as good as as Vega there. Uh, his pass completion was 59.9% per 90, a 90% pass completion overall. He had 4.38 possessions lost per 90 minutes, but then he won the ball back 16.26 times. So not bad, but not great. Overall was the main problem because even though we were holidaying and simulating through, it was another one of those where I didn't get to see out the full season. They changed manager. Um, I don't know why they changed manager, but uh, it can't be because Medina played at halfback, but maybe I was just, maybe I was not really enjoying my time in France. But by the time the holiday had finished, they had someone else in charge and he was back playing playing as a ball-playing defender. So I don't know. Maybe, Maybe Medina can play there. Maybe he can't, but we tried. We tried. I mean, there's some similarities, right? The passing and the passing completion rate as well. So we are seeing kind of, in the, with the results, we are seeing what they are doing in the game and in the match engine. They they play a lot of passes, but they also play high percentage passes. They don't like to lose the ball. They just like to play the ball safely. Yeah, that's the thing. I thought I thought he was a bit too defensive and he probably wasn't. <laughs> He's probably more of a defender than a, yeah. than a halfback. But but never mind. You know, this is the thing. It's an experiment, isn't it? We try. We try. That was last mm. week, though. That was last week. Halfbacks are done, right? This week, brand new role, brand new suggestion. It's come in from Matt Atkinson, who's uh, Matt Zov Ivanov. Uh, it's come from Matt Atkinson, Matt Zov Ivanov on Twitter. He said last week, remember, he's been dabbling with... <laughs> An enganche. Now, this is a role that I've looked at, not used a lot, I'll be honest. Probably used slightly more with South American sides, would you say? Yeah, it's, yeah, I haven't used it, by the way. <laughs> I haven't used it, especially in <laughs> FM23. But as soon as I see the name of the role, I just think Pablo Aymar, Raquel Mley, one of my favourites, Ortega as well, who, by the way, scored one of the most outrageous goals I've ever seen. I'm around 30 years of age now, and I'm still trying to recreate that goal. That goal was about 23 years <laughs> old now. But um, you could make the case as well. James Madison, People, a lot of people are going to be more familiar with James Madison. Just picture him a few seasons back, attacking midfielder, sitting in the hole between in the midfield and the attack but he was that hook and he was turning playing those three passes into Jamie Vardy we see a lot of that and yeah the vital a vital thing about the Enganche is that he always has a passing option whether it's a darting wing back an advanced forward or even a target forward mm, absolutely and the key word you said there the hook that's the main description isn't it of an Enganche now also what we should think as well Enganche plays slightly different in FM than it does in real life as well, doesn't it? So we are, of course, looking at some specific attributes for FM only. So Aaron, if you could break those down as to what we're looking for, our five key attributes for a for a decent enganche. Well, I've gone, I've actually picked three mental attributes. And the reason being is that it's an unusual role. It's a creator that is stationary and the team heavily relies on his ability to find space to always be an option. 
They are playmakers, but they are also the team's focal point. The team relies on them to be consistent and always switched on. So the team is, everything goes through him and the team relies on him, which is the reason why I've chosen three mental attributes. Those are off the ball. They have to have, well, they're holding their position, which is hard coded in the game. So the player's availability is key. Teamwork, everything arose around them. They must be able to work as a team, of course, and composure. To be able to perform creative actions with quality, the player needs to be composed. Technique, passing and vision attributes, that's a given for a playmaker. So imagine mixing those attributes with composure. <laughs> Amazing stuff. We've got one technical attribute, first touch. They need to be able to trap the ball under pressure. They will be responsible for making sure things in the attacking third keeps ticking. A bad touch, of course, will result in a loss of possession. And lastly, balance. This is kind of linked with first touch. They will be seeing a lot of the ball. Defenders will recognise this. Attacking midfielders will be seen as a threat and can be under pressure soon as they receive the ball. So good balance, making sure they keep possession under challenges and it keeps the team ticking in the final third. Excellent. Excellent. And of course, remember, we're looking for an enganche. Who isn't an enganche? Because that would be too easy. <laughs> we're going to try and find someone who plays in a different role and try and fit them into this role. We've set ourselves a budget of £30 million. So, Aaron, let's search for a star, shall we? Search for a star. We still don't have a theme tune. We might get one eventually, but not yet. <laughs> right, Aaron, should we go with you first? Or, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You take us away. You take us away with your with your first okay, pick Okay, so today. I will get my ex-Tottenham player out of the way first. <laughs> Stephen and Zonzi, who now <laughs> plays for Al Ryan. He's 33 years of age. He can be bought between 750k and 7.6 million pound. One thing I didn't notice when searching for this star was the wages. We always talk about the transfer value. We never talk about the wages and... Uh, He's earning 200 grand a week. So you might want to ask him for a wage reduction. But now let's just let's focus on his attributes. First touch, 15. He's got the passing. He's got the technique. He can tackle and mark, by the way, if you're high pressing and you want to mark out their DM. And Zonzi may be the perfect candidate mm. there. He can read the game. He's got great off-the-ball movement, great anticipation. He makes the right decisions. His composure is on 17. He's always composed. He's got great vision, 16. He's strong on the ball with 16 balance, 16 strength, and his jumping reach, jumping reach is 18. So not only have you got a nice creative player here, but you've also got a secret weapon in getting the ball into the box. He's player traits, he likes to dictate the tempo, he comes deep to get the ball, everything that you want from your hook. And six foot yes. five. Oh, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we like. Right, okay. Steven and Zonzi. I'm a big fan. Thank you. I'm a big fan of Steven and Zonzi. I'm also a massive fan of £200,000 <laughs> a week as well. So, <laughs> so I don't feel so bad now if I've, if I've messed this one up. Um, one that I'm going to go for, which is a player who I used to use loads back in previous FMs. So again, kind of fits that in Zonzi mould. A player who is tearing it up in Liga MX these days as a centre-forward Andre Pierre Gignac, six foot one. Granted, he's a striker, okay, but he can do everything we need an enganche to do. Look at this off the ball down here. Work rate, you're talking jumping reach, it's only 13, but you know, it's reasonable. Balance of 17, off the balls of 16. I mean, this guy's got it all concentration, composure, bravery, decision making. I mean, it feels a shame to take him away from his main focus, which is scoring goals, given the fact that he's got 146 <laughs> and 254 for Tigres. But by the time he reaches 39, okay, which is in about three years' time, his legs might yeah. start to go. He might just want to hook <laughs> and be the guy who like is the link-up. But And he's a bargain. 65 grand a week. You know, you can get three of those for the cost of Steven and Zombie. <laughs> I leave my Steven alone. <laughs> but that's the thing, like like you touched on these faces. But now if we're thinking that we're in the top five leagues, for an example, and we're looking for, like, we're not going to look at um, Gignac for, to be a striker, are we? We're looking at his mobility and we're thinking, nah, we, we can play somewhere else there. So we actually might want to drop him back one step into that hook and he can he can play that role fantastically well. 
but he can also score goals for you as well. So not only can he create, he's got 14 long shots as well. So he can also pinch a goal here and there for you as well. High work rate as well. So it could be, it could be an option. Could be an option. Ball winning midfielder. <laughs> Ball winning field. There you go. There you go. So many options. So many options. Speaking of options, what's number two for you? Number two, free signing. Oh my God, I just noticed people. It's another ex-Tottenham player, <laughs> Fernando. <laughs> what is up with these Tottenham players? Fernando Loriente, 37 years of age. The best thing about Fernando Loriente is that he's completely, well, I say completely free. He's a free transfer. You can sign in with no transfer fee. Now we're looking at these Enganche attributes. His first touch is on 14, pass and 13. He's got good technique there as well. Good vision, good off-the-ball movement, anticipation. Again, reading the game really, really well. High composure, high decision-making. So when the team really needs to count on him, you can count on Fernando Loriente. He plays with his back towards the goal as well. I'm just picturing him receiving the ball to his feet, quickly turning and laying it off to a running winger or even your advance forward. He's balanced as well. 18, another player that's really really strong on the ball. Just imagine him, an attacking midfielder. Kind of a withdrawn target forward, right? He's like not that far ahead but he's in midfield and he can just hold up the ball <laughs> with his big self <laughs> so my second pick for search for a star this week Fernando Lorente love it love it I love the fact it's a free transfer as well and I also yeah. love it's an ex Tottenham player because <laughs> that winds you up a treat <laughs> right my second suggestion we're going to go to Hoffenheim and we're going to have a look at Christoph Baumgartner now 22-year-old Austrian advanced playmaker by trade, but for me, more of an enganche, possibly. He's available, 25 grand a week, bargain wages. He's available for potentially £18 million. He's got what we're looking for. Determination, <laughs> work rate, off the ball at 16, first touch is good, technique is good. He just needs a move. What are we reckoning? Could he fulfil that role? He's he's not quite as tall as I'd like. He's less he's less than five, six foot, but you know, <laughs> it's got to be something different, right? I love how we just like we're trying to create a new role now, aren't we? Enganche, but he has to be he has to be good in the air. It's Enganche, but yeah, be yeah, good yeah. in the air, please. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like this guy. Um, like we said as well, Shannon, uh, search for a star. They can't be shining in their role already, and I don't believe. This guy is necessarily someone that is shining in their role. We're looking at the creative stats, um, attributes, sorry. Sorry, people. I know. <laughs> I know it's attributes. His first touch and dribbling's on 14, 13. His flares on 12. He's not... Now, if we're using an advanced playmaker, you're expecting him to do things. Dribble with the ball, beat players and all of that. That's why we think he's not exactly shining as a creative playmaker. But as a hook, when the teams are around him, he doesn't necessarily need that dribbling or he doesn't necessarily need that flair. He just needs to be cool, composed, which he is, balanced, good on the ball, which he is. And yeah, he will be a very good enganche for us. And he's got a vision of 15 as well. So oh, as you yes. say, if he can put his foot on the ball, turn around, then pick his pass, it could be quite yes. a handy little player. Yes. And don't forget, Bundesliga is one of the it's top five leagues in Europe as well. So if you are using a creative playmaker, you want that playmaker to really stand out. And I don't believe this guy as an advanced playmaker really stands out again, which is why we have him as an enganche. And my third pick today is Alex Grimaldo. He plays for Benfica. A lot of us may buy him as a left back, but today we are going to be using him as an attacking midfielder and Ganche. Creatively, we all know how great Grimaldo can be on football manager. He likes to, he can take corners as well. He can take free kicks for you. He can take long shots. His passing technique and vision all on 16. He's got great balance on the ball, great decision making and composure. He's available from 13.5 million pounds to 22 million pounds. His wages as well, surprisingly low. 27, I say surprisingly low. I am not earning anywhere near 27,000 pounds a week. Oh, <laughs> but how, he's, how does he survive? <laughs> but he's earning 27,000 pounds a week. Yes, he's attacking fullback, but he can also be a creative midfielder as well. Do you like my pick, Tony? 
I love your pick. It's your boy, isn't it? <laughs> Grimaldo was always going to be there. Like he, yeah, he's always. You know, he, if there was ever an option of, of you getting Grimaldo in it, then, then <laughs> it just has to happen. I love Grimaldo. I think he's superb as well. I think yeah, great pick, great pick indeed. Again, good Thank vision, you. good first touch, good balance, good composure. He's got everything you need. What a player! My third pick is um, is a player I've not used before, but a player that I looked at and he looks quite interesting to be honest. It's a player called and get this for a pronunciation. Jürgen Ekelenkamp, Dutch midfielder, currently playing in Antwerp in Belgium. Six foot two. I'm back on me big lads again. Okay. <laughs> 15 for balance, 15 for concentration. First touch is 15. Teamwork is 15. Off the ball is 16. He plays as a central midfielder. But is he a, an elite central midfielder? No. Could he play a little bit higher? Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. He's finishing on 15 as well. It's a secret weapon. I know a lot of people might look at him and think, yes, central midfielder on attack. And then you look at his physicals. He's got his accelerations on 11. It's not great, but it's not poor. And for me, when I'm using a central midfielder on attack, I like my players to be agile. He can get into the box quickly and get there in time as well, which um, he may struggle with, especially in the top league as well. So, and Aganche, again, it's not a really physical demanding role. You're not expecting him to be sprinting left, right and centre. So, I, he will perform very, very well. He likes to move into channels as well. Um, Enganche, they do like to hold positions, but in football manager, I believe that's more about swapping positions with players, as it says on the game as well. If you hover over, roam from position. That's, it also, it's a lot about swapping players, um, swapping positions with another player. So, move into channels, actually may work with his off-the-ball movement in finding spaces and areas to receive the ball and be effective. So I think he can be a really, really good enganche. Mm, excellent. Oh, well, I'm glad about that. That seems like an excellent one. <laughs> um, and I do have to say as well, just before we wrap this section up, of course, Matt Doherty can also be an enganche because oh. of course he can. <laughs> like, he can do everything. <laughs> yeah, he can. He's got the dribbling this time as well, but mm -hmm. uh, passing, technique, division, off the ball is on 16, anticipation, he can read the game well. I mean, we're going to say this every week, but there's nothing that he cannot do in the game. Hey, oh. So if you can't pick an enganche out of any of those, <laughs> go for Matt Doherty. That's what you need to do. Go right. for Matt Doherty. So I think that's fun. Let's do what we always do. We're going to run those simulations. We'll come back yes. on the next episode with our findings and we'll tell you whether or not we've found an enganche where there was no enganche first of all if you want us to search for a star for you then of course do what we always ask send us a tweet with the role that you're looking for us to search for ideally what team you're currently managing and then we will hopefully search for a star for you in the new year It's time for your letters, and to help us read through them, here's producer Steve. Hello, producer Steve. Hello, everyone. Are you well? I'm good, I'm good. And sort of finally, now it's December, now it's mid-December, I'm finally in the sort of Christmas spirit, because I feel like you can sustain that for a week or two, like a whole month or even longer. I just get Christmas fatigue if I hear Christmas songs any longer anymore, I just can't. So I wanna, I've, I've taken this decision specifically as I've gotten older and grumpier, once it's mid-December, I can really sustain that sort of festive energy and not just peak too early and by Christmas Day be fed up with it all. So this will mean nothing to people listening after Christmas, so should we maybe not talk about <laughs> other, <laughs> other Christmas stuff? Anyway, so yes, I'm well, I'm well. And we've got a bumper set of letters, combination of community challenge and non-community challenge. So I will just crack on with the first one that we've had through the Football Manager Show email system. Oshin Hughes writes, uh, Hi Tony, RDF and producer Steve. More of a grit, Oshin. Oshin's writing from Ireland and he wants to congratulate Tony and RDF for bringing in new sections of the podcast and putting their stamp on it, uh, which I agree with. And I think, you've, you know, 10 shows in now, guys. We're 10 shows in. Ooh. And um, like I say, time flies when you're having fun. Eh? It feels like only yesterday that we were here for the first time. So um, I agree with Oshin wholeheartedly. So... Uh, they continue to say it's been great listening as I live my life vicariously through you both 
and all the listeners as I'm doing my master's at the moment and can't be trusted to have FM23 on my laptop. That is a wise <laughs> student there. Yeah. Wise. As I say, it'd be too tempting to ditch the thesis work and trade it in for hours of studying player family trees <laughs> to find out who is from Yorkshire for the community challenge. We're well, more on that in a second. But um, Oshin wishes everyone the best. Continues to say, might I suggest someone doing a save with my team, Finn Harps. They were recently relegated to the second tier in the Republic of Ireland and our manager of nine years has gone. But there are a club that has the potential to get into Europe and the closest that Oshin's ever got them was the Champions League round of 16. But to be honest with you, that's for a club in Irish football full stop. That is pretty good. So Oshin concludes with saying all the best for the year ahead. And I can't wait when someone suggests why target man for search for Star Wars. Oshin, you've done it yourself. <laughs> you've done it yourself. Yeah. We'll add that. We'll add that to our list. It's starting to grow a bit, isn't it, in terms of our Search for a Star shortlist. So Why Target Man is another addition. So kind regards, Oshin Hughes. What a lovely letter. Thank you very much for that. Much appreciated. Fantastic. Yeah, genuinely appreciate that. That's wonderful words. And also, Oshin, I can tell you, Matt Doherty for a Why Target Man. <laughs> <laughs> let's face it, the man can play everywhere. <laughs> Ireland's finest, Matt Doherty. Yeah. <laughs> Sticking with sticking with Search for a Star, now it has been noted that we don't have a theme tune for Search for a Star and I think that potentially people are getting a little fed up of me improvising one. Uh, Kirk Sheridan, who is at Game Stories GTS on Twitter, has said, may I suggest a theme song to the tune of Reach by S Club 7? The lyrics he's provided are... Search for a star. Da, 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 da. Find bargains you can hire. Search for a star. <laughs> da, da, da. Retrain to your desire. Search for a star. And when, when their average rating pleases you, pleases you that's, that's when, when you know, you know you're treating them, them true. <laughs> We've just become a band. <laughs> Next week, I Barbershop mean... from the FM. <laughs> And you know what? I think we've successfully managed to avoid paying any royalties for that because that <laughs> sounded nothing like the original. <laughs> that is available in all good and bad music stores. Going forward, so. Thanks, Kirk. You saved me a job there. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Absolute love the voices. So, right. Community. Ch- look at me. Look, I'm just looking at me. <laughs> right. Community challenge time. Here are some letters. First up, Ryan on Twitter. He goes by RJ Sharp. S H R P three. Tony Jameson RDF tactics. Two games into the community challenge, and we're two and two. Spoil Jamie Vardy's testimonial and a few successful signings made. We have Harvey Rogers from Accrington Stanley to be retrained as a defensive midfielder. James Husband from Blackpool as a left-sided centre-back and Lewis Reed from Swindon as a rotation option for Barry Bannon. Nice. Has, um, has Ryan combined the community challenge with Search for a Star here by retraining a player? <laughs> Ooh, I think he has. <laughs> he has. That is sterling work. It is, because he's also posted uh, a 4-3-3 as well. And in defensive midfield, he's got Rodgers, who obviously is a centre-back. And he's retrained as a defensive midfielder. Nice. Wow, star pupil there, star pupil. Can't wait to see <laughs> Lou Reed playing as an enganche. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Excellent work. Well done, Ryan. Kieran Brown, who is at Kieran Brown 2803 on Twitter, has said, Fantastic show, everyone. I love the Finding a Star. He's looking for a budget poacher for his Everton save. So. Stick a pin in that. Matt Doherty is the answer. Um, <laughs> probably. But a question regarding the community challenge. If a player's birth is unknown in the database, do we rely on other media for this information? Kieran, I think we we thought about this when we were coming up with the rules and we said that you, you have to make a case Yes. Essentially, if there's a player that, that you're unsure about, propose a case and say, I believe this person could be from Yorkshire. If your conscience is clear, then potentially. <laughs> I mean, if we're going down the wrestling point of view of, you know, of being born in parts unknown, I mean, is that what you'd you'd do, Aaron? Would you be 
Googling and find out whether this is a person, or would you just go, ah, probably, why not? You know? nah, I'll be Googling. I'll be Googling. Yeah. yeah. I have to use Google. Google's my best friend. But it's. Yeah. I feel like external source verification is needed. Yeah. Here. We need. Uh, what's your source? <laughs> That's up Yeah. Like. Second source verification. <laughs> is there a local? Is there a local paper interview where they talk about their life, you know, growing up in the Yorkshire Dales? Then great. You can have them. Yeah, if yeah. not, then, you know, um, a little bit of. Le- if, 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 especially if it's like a sort of star player and you're like this could be the difference between you know gold and platinum you've got a you've got to you know um because nothing's more fun than adding even more hurdles to this already impenetrable uh, <laughs> I mean, we, fun, fun fun with rules is the best fun right? <laughs> <laughs> if the incredibly and i stress the incredibly comprehensive biographical information that football manager provides doesn't have it then i think little bit of work outside yourself to find it, Kieran, would be my thought. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we've also received a comment in our Discord. Now, if you're not part of the Discord, the link is in the description of the podcast. Come and join us. It's a lovely place to hang out. There's a message here from Paddy9596, who very succinctly says, I hate this challenge. I hate this team. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Excellent. We've hit the perfect note of an <laughs> FM show community challenge. There has to be at least a percentage of people who just despise it. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we on on the challenge ourselves? Aaron, you're flying, right? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm flying. And we're doing really well, but I'm, I'm not someone that often uses a free at the back. So though we're doing well, I feel there's always a tweak around the corner. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm always on the edge of my seat when I'm entering games, but we're doing absolutely well. So we have Alex Martin on 20 goals in uh, League One, but he's only on loan. So I did make a signing. I've made a transfer in January and we've bought Jerry Yates. Actually, someone just moments ago asked about a cheap poacher for the Everton save, but you can buy this Yorkshireman for around £3.2 million, which is what I've done. His name is Jerry Yates. We signed him from Blackpool. He was born in Doncaster and he's played one game so far for us. Guess how many goals he scored? He scored a hat-trick on his debut. <laughs> oh, fantastic. It was against Cambridge. I am sorry, Cambridge. He scored in the first 15 minutes. Oh, Byers. that hurts. That hurts. <laughs> Byers scored a penalty and Yates then missed the penalty and then he then got his second and then he got his hat-trick one minute. It's crazy. So he missed the penalty in the 31st. He scored in the 32nd and then scored again in the 33rd. Eventful three minutes there. Wowzers. Having a great time. Yes. Absolutely great time. Like, I mean, again, it won't surprise anybody to know I'm not having that good a time. Um, I almost fell foul of, of our own rules right on day one. You know, when you take charge and the, they have that little background meeting with the staff and they say, oh, you know what we should hire? We should get some more staff in. And I'm like, yeah, all right. That's not a bad shout. Like, who are you suggesting? And the club say, we could do with a technical director. I'm like, oh yeah, maybe we could do with a technical director. And the club said, how about former Sunderland manager Peter Reid? And I was like, oh, that would be perfect. Hang on a minute. But then Peter Reid is not from Yorkshire, is he, Steve? <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing. The blue half of Merseyside there was about to go absolutely oh, apocalyptic. But, uh... The game giveth with one hand and taketh with the other. <laughs> so there I was going, oh, I could have had my... I could have had everything here, but but sadly, Peter Reid and myself are not a match made in heaven on this challenge because I am going to try and go for the... At least the gold tier. We have a platinum tier as well. Last week, we raised the stakes to platinum tier, which is win a cup before mm-hmm. you're in the Premier League with only Yorkshire signings. Then you get into Europe before you're in the Premier League. That's the platinum tier, we believe. The gold tier, is, of course, is win the Premier League or get into the Premier League in three years with only Yorkshire signings, players and staff. Silver tier is get into the Premier League as and when you can in about five years. And then bronze tier is just have fun. <laughs> get there. Get Go at your own pace. And I feel as though I'm going at my own pace, but trying to <laughs> do gold. <laughs> I don't like the pressure. I don't like the pressure of winning. That's the thing. I'd, I would prefer it to be just see how you get on. But the club wants success. So 
I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, because it's that weird thing, isn't it? With the previous challenges in the show, we've had, you know, Derby was just... Just too hard, especially because we did it before the update and like before their financial circumstances eased slightly. So it was particularly hard on FM22. And Sunderland as well was similarly difficult. But yeah, Wednesday's a bit different, isn't it? Because they are sort of obviously it was a surprise for them to be relegated from the championship, but they are, there weren't in those real sort of disaster sort of scenarios that say Derby are are sort of still in. So there is that sort of pressure. Yeah, the pressure there. Mm. Yeah, and there's a squad of good players, and obviously you know, Barry Bannon is, is the absolute Oof, standout star, of course. So what guy? Um, uh, yeah, if you've been following social media this week, he he's uh, not doing the challenge. He's gone to Celtic on his own game, so he <laughs> clearly doesn't understand the rules. But um, but yeah, give the ball to Barry Bannon, let the boy do his thing. But yeah, it's, it's just it's that rotation of players at this level. That's what we need to remember. Yeah, and um, yeah, you might have a good one or two games, but then you might have a bad. Three or four games following it. That's what I'm having. That's why I used the three out the back because that's it's looking what that's what Sheffield are doing in real life with the amount of centre backs that are in this team in this team. So rotation for me at the moment is not too difficult. It's just like for like changes. Um, but I am having a goal at the platinum, and this year we've got uh, Burnley. Is it Burnley in the third round of the FA Cup? So that should be interesting. We've already beaten Wickham, and we've already beaten Swindon as well. Next, it is Burnley at home. It's a home tie, so oh, FA Cup home tie, magic in the air. Come on, Sheffield Wednesday. Come on, Sheffield Wednesday. I should also say as well that the only uh, the the first day on the job, obviously, I decided not to to hire Peter Reid. I did, <laughs> I did offer trials though to a handful of players. Day one, I turned up. Hello, Sheffield Wednesday. I'm your new manager. These are our new trialists: Danny Rose, Aaron Lennon. Gary Cahill and Andre Wisdom. <laughs> and I will leave you all to decide whether that's a good idea or a bad idea. <laughs> this is not FM 16, by the way, people. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is great. That would have, thing is, that would have been like an England lineup a few years ago. Yeah. Like yeah. a scarily, you know, because we, were we talking about this on, on the show or not? Like Danny Rose played in the 2018 yeah. World Cup. Well, we again we thought he was a possible halfback in last week's episode. Oh, yeah. So I thought maybe he showed up and searched for a star. I thought oh, maybe Danny Rose can turn up. <laughs> Not sure the rest of the Sheffield Wednesday players were convinced, to be honest. But yeah. <laughs> well, well, as I say, we have to play up until the end of December, don't we? That's where we do on the challenge. Anyone who's taken part, please let us know how you're getting on with it. Over the Christmas period, I might, I might do, I might stream some of it. Actually, I might stream a little bit of Sheffield Wednesday. So, if you want to have a pop on and uh, see how we get on with it, then come and join us over on Twitch, Aaron. I presume you might do the same as well. Got a little oh, bit yeah, more absolutely. free time in our hands. Absolutely, um, especially the way it's going as well. Win, win, win. Let's stream. <laughs> absolutely. So, as I say, get in touch if you are taking part. If you're not taking part, come and have a watch. Come and join us. Come and give us some advice. I think that's probably the end of the letters section this week, to be honest. It's been quite a nice little bag to talk through there. Obviously, if you want to get in touch with us and send us some long-form correspondence, we spoke to the technical department at Athletic Towers, and they said, every traveller has a home of his own, and he learns to appreciate it more from his wandering. And at that point, I just left it to it and just walked away. I thought, it's not worth asking anymore. So... If you want to keep those longer letters coming in, send them to Ian McIntosh at imacintosh at theathletic.com. If you want to bring us any ideas to the Tactics Garage, remember, tweet us a screenshot of the tactic that you have. More importantly, what's wrong with it? And do the same with Search for a Star. And if you want to bring us some into the FM confessional, do that as well. So I'm at Tony Jameson and Aaron is at... RDF Tactics. And that was the Football Manager Show from The Athletic. Your guests today were CJ Ramson and Jack Serres from Sports Interactive. Your co-host was RDF Tactics. Your producer was producer Steve Hankey. And I am Tony Jameson. Stay safe and we'll see you soon. The Athletic.